Hey, this is Paul Bartonelli with the Empowered Living Community. If you're wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, they can inspire real change. It is time now to adapt in our fast-moving world. And today, listeners, I have a very special guest with me. His name is Paul Martinelli, and Paul is an internationally acclaimed entrepreneur, speaker, trainer, mentor, and Paul knows the power of belief, and, and I know he does because he has been mentoring me over years. I met him several years ago, probably about 15 years ago, just about. And, um, you know, Paul is a high school dropout from Pittsburgh, a working-class family. Uh, he over, overcame a stuttering disability and a dim future to rise from a janitor to a millionaire entrepreneur. He has shared the stage for such personal development masters as John Maxwell, Seth Godin, there's Brown, Mark Victor Hansen, Jack Canfield, and the list just goes on and on. And, you know, he is the president of the John Maxwell team, an elite group of certified coaches and communicators mentored by the number one leadership expert in the world and New York Times bestselling author, John Maxwell. Hey, Paul, welcome to the show. Wow. Thank you so much, Dennis. It's, it's great to be with you and, and with all of your listeners. Hey, before, I, before I go any further, let me just say congratulations on the success of the show, man. I mean, in, in just a short period of time, you have just rocketed to the top. And, you know, as, as my friend, your friend uh, and mentor, John Maxwell, says, everything rises and falls on leadership. And so congratulations to you and your entire team. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. And look, hey, I've got to say to you as well that over the years that you've helped helped, there, helped me be there for me and supported me and believed in me. And so it's, it's just great. And, you know, at times I just think that a lot of the things that come out of me and what I share with people, it's, it's the, the insights and wisdom that you've shared with me. And uh, so thanks for doing that. So, Paul, I've just shared with the listeners a little bit about your background. Is there anything else that you want to add to tell us more about your background? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's it, it, it's interesting in that, you know, my, my my story. If you look at the first half of my story, it's it's a it's it's a loser's journey, right? It's it's, it's a story of just just struggle. You know, I, I because of my speech impediment at a very early age, I was late learn. You know, is labeled as learning disabled. I I wasn't learning disabled until they programmed that into my mind. 
And then, you know, I did what most people do. I, I lived what I believed, right? And so I failed out of school. I landed a dead-end job. But there was always within me this, this small voice that, that would speak life to me, that would speak hope to me. And thank God, uh, I would listen to it. And at 22, I started my first uh, commercial cleaning company and got my first uh, business mentor and really went to work on me understanding why I was doing the things I didn't want to do, getting the results that I didn't want to get. And, uh, and, 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 and I learned how to change those things. And I learned how to change my inner image and my, and my core belief system. I've gone on to build uh, five multi-million dollar businesses. Those companies have done over a half a billion dollars in revenue. I've been able to travel all, all over the world. And wow. so if I could share one thing is, is that, you know, if a high school dropout can, 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 can change their life and lead major organizations, anyone really can. You just have to have the willingness to do the work necessary, right? Mm. Yep. Yep. Because it just doesn't come naturally to some or just doesn't get given to somebody. You have to work at it. And when you say work at it, you know, discipline, what you're talking about, is it a work ethic? Well, what is it that you, when you say they have to work at it? What, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is, is that we can't afford the luxury of a negative thought to go unchallenged. And so, you know, at any given time in our life, we desire to be and do and have more. We make great declarations of change. We're going to lose weight. We're going to start a business. We're going we're gonna to buy a new house, whatever it is. And yet there's some invisible boundary that that we just can't break through. There's some force that internally speaks to us and says, who do you think you are? Like, how are you going to do that? What makes you think you're good enough? And so what I mean by working at it is standing up to that inner judge. Eric Hoffer, who wrote the book True Believers, he said that no matter what our achievements may be in life, we think well of ourselves only in rare moments, that we have within us an inner judge that keeps a book of all of our shortcomings, all of our transgressions, and all of our failures, and that we need other people to convince us that we're not as bad as we really think we are. And so for me, I think the voice we need to listen to is, is, is that internal guidance system of truth that I truly believe, I'm a person of faith, I think that God instills in all of us, that knows our truth, that knows our potential. And, and it's, it's when, when that voice of judgment, that voice of doubt begins to rear its ugly head in the pursuit of our dream, in the pursuit of our leadership, we can't simply back down. We must stand up to the schoolyard bully in our subconscious mind and we, we have, you know, life is a fight for territories, and we have to fight for every single inch of our potential. Mm. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And I, and I think when you're sharing that, Paul, uh, I know you talked about the, the, the you know, the study that you had, and, and I was sharing with you earlier on that the journey that I've gone through with the voice, and I think a lot of that's come from myself not have been true to myself in the sense of going out and doing my own business rather than being in this large corporate in the world where I was having a whole lot of fun and doing a whole lot of stuff and having some really good impact. And there's so many other leaders out there today, entrepreneurs, leaders in other roles, teams, people who need my help rather than just being in one organization. And I think a lot of what I actually went through was to push me 
to go out and do what I needed to go and do. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, in our lives, we are either, you know, guided by the feather or we're, you know, hit with the two by four, right? I mean, uh, (laughs) right? I mean, we we at times have desire, you know, something emerging from our soul, uh, you know, a mental model of perfection that we want to bring forward in our lives. And it comes to us as this gentle nudge that says, start the business, you know, go and, uh, you know, pursue your dream. And if we ignore that, Sooner or later, you know, the universe has a way of kind of turning up the turning up the heat. Sometimes, hey, sometimes it's in the form of a diagnosis. Sometimes it's in the form of a divorce. Sometimes it's a form of, of a bankruptcy. Yep. But here's what I know: is that the content of our life, the content of our life, the very conditions and circumstances we find ourselves in at any given moment in time, the content of our life is the curriculum of our evolution. It is our it is it is our dark night of the soul conditions and circumstances where all of our growth and all of our awareness of our internal resources come from. Wow, wow, awesome! That is just tremendous. And Paul, I know that you know, the, the show here is it's, the name of the show is called Leadership is Changing. What you've just been sharing there, and about what people think about and what's going on the inside of us and, and so forth. Leadership is changing. What, what does that mean to you when I say that statement? And how what you've been saying just now, uh, I think a lot of people are going to be struggling uh, in their thoughts and internally at the moment. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think, you know, it, you know, it was um, Maxwell Maltz, the great um, plastic surgeon who wrote the phenomenal book in the 1960s that I know you're familiar with, Dennis' Psycho-Cybernetics, uh, where he says that a person never outperforms their own self-image. And boy, don't we see that in leadership today? You know, we've got insecure leadership everywhere we look, and that insecurity shows up in their decisions or the lack thereof. It it shows up in in their character. We just never outperform our own self-image, and and it's a shame because we have before us both you know the, the greatest opportunities and the greatest challenges, and. You know, if if we if we can get some leaders that that could stand in their truth of who and whose they are, and who could stand for other people and, and guide the way, the the, the world could, could could be transformed into truly the utopia that I think we we all know is that, that we're capable of living in. We are, in fact, you know, at any given time, our our own worst enemy. We are. And, um, yeah, it can be transformed. I mean, with these leaders, as I said in my introduction, if they can step up to be the leaders that we are, that they can be, then they can inspire things. They can inspire people, motivate them, but also take motivated people and inspire them even further. That would be wonderful to see, and that's what the world needs, right? Yeah, well, look, I mean, we've got to have leaders that have guts to break things, okay? Some things need to be broken, right? And, you know, there, there, there's two types of change. There's a cyclical change, and then there's structural change. And I think what we've got is we've got a lot of leaders that are trying to win a popularity contest. They don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to break things. So they're afraid of introducing structural change. But structural change is, is where, where all transformation takes place. So, you know, we see cyclical change 
every single day. Turn on the stock market and you will see, you know, watch the commodity prices and based on the weather and based on oil, uh, we will see commodities of beans and pork bellies and, you know, coffee. They will, they will, those, those prices will incrementally change. It's cyclical, seasonal even, almost predictable. Structural change, yep. though, is, is, is a change that's introduced that, that you don't get a vote if you participate in structural change. Like, like we're not going back to the rotary phone and fax machine. If in the early 1900s, if, if Henry Ford would have asked the world what they wanted, uh, the world would have said a faster horse, right? You know, not, 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 a, not a combustion engine. But, yes. you know, we're not going back to the horse and buggy. And so we need to have leaders that are willing to introduce the world to structural change. But structural change is scary because it's permanent. And if the leader is insecure and the leader lacks the character, who's going to follow them into structural change? Because it's structural change that we need. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and lacking the character of a, of a leader, it's just because I'm, I'm seeing, Paul, that there's a lot of leaders out there whereby there is surface-wise, they seem okay, but if you dig deeper, there's just empty or there's just not that character of the leader. Uh, are you seeing that as well? There's no there, look. There's there, there's no depth. They're a mile wide yeah. and yeah. deep. You know, they yeah. don't. They're afraid to stand for something. They stick their finger, you know, in their mouth and then up to the wind to see which way they should go today. That's not leadership. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not leadership. I mean, that's. That's, you know, that's Gallup, the, the, the opinion poll company, right? And, you know, it's leadership by opinion. That, that's not what leadership is. That's not what leadership is. Leadership is the ability to identify, you know, the true best next step for mankind. And then, you know, a person who has the, the courage and the vision to, to, to cast that vision, put people right in the middle of the picture, let them see themselves in that change and then lead, not to lead by opinion poll and what everybody thinks. People are just so afraid to lead. They're so afraid to stand yeah. for something that they fall for anything. Yeah, yeah. Stand for anything and fall for anything. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, they're so afraid to stand for something that they fall for anything. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hey, listeners, I'm here with uh, Paul Martinelli, and we're, we're talking about leadership is changing, and Paul's sharing some great things. And, uh, yeah, if you're a leader, uh, what we're needing now, as I said in my intro, we're needing leaders, and we're needing some real effective leaders, leaders who have got character, those who can get up there and, and identify things, the next big, big steps, uh, whatever it is for, for us as, as a race, as a, as a human being, on the, on the planet, but also casting that vision and helping people understand and see themselves in that picture and then getting on with it and leading it from the front. So, um, hey, Paul, if, if, if there was one thing uh, you could change a business as a leader today, what, what would it be? If there's one thing that I would change in, in the business world or just overall? Um, well, let's, let's go overall. Yeah, I think I, I I think if there was something that I would change is I would change just the sensitivity that you know when you look at when you look at leaders most leaders and I mean this in a very kind and sincere and endearing way most leaders have to talk in order to think right and so 
In other words, they, they have an idea and, and it's in their awareness and they begin to, they begin to share the idea. They're still working it out in their mind. They don't, they don't know how it's going to happen. They don't have all the answers. And the minute they open their mouth, the world pounces on them. We've got a media that wants to keep score against every single thing they say, cut up their words, chop up their words, hold it against them. Any mistake they make, any failure, you know, they, they, you know we're ready to crucify a leader for. And we have to, we have to give our leaders grace. You know, we, have to, we have to recognize that we have to suspend the requirement of, of our leaders knowing how to do everything that they're visiting. They probably don't know how to do it. But if you think about yeah. it, we, did not, we, we didn't know how to land man on the moon. We didn't know how, Jar, Jarvik didn't know how to create the artificial heart. So, you know, in the United States in the 1940s and 50s, they formed an apartment called the Department of Health and Services. It was specifically designed to find land where they could build manufacturing plants to build more wheelchairs because that's how they were going to solve the polio problem. In other words, they didn't think they had a disease problem. They thought they had a wheelchair problem because nobody knew the cure. And if a leader would have stood up and said, I'm going to cure polio, they would have thought he was nuts. They would have thought she was nuts. And yet that's what Salk did. While everybody else was looking for, you know, how to make more wheelchairs, Salk thought about cure, and he found it. The Wright brothers didn't have a pilot's license. They didn't know how to build it. Once they built it, they didn't know how to fly it. Once they get it in the air, they didn't know how to land it. And so if I could change anything, I would change our gotcha culture. I would change the, the fact that our, that our media today is so polarized, so, so partisan, uh, so petty, that you know, we, we can't allow our, our leaders to make, you know, uh, uh, an even honest mistake. And so, so right. good, good men and women say, to hell with it. Why, why even, who wants to sign up for that? Who wants to sign up for that? I, I don't want to sign up for that. I mean, that, that's, why I don't, that's why I'm not going to run for political office. Why, why do I want to get into a circle and then have a firing squad? It just doesn't make sense to me. And, and I think, I really do think that that's, that's probably one of the biggest problems we face with leadership today. Yeah, the gotcha culture. If we could change it, that'd be good. And Paul, what I'm also hearing you say there is that um, that even though others were looking at as a solution or a, uh, a way that they want to look at, as an example, the wheelchair, but then actually finding the vaccine, it took a leader to look at things differently. And look, it took a leader to go the opposite way to others. How important is that as a leader if you see people going a certain way that you go the opposite way. Do we, do we need to do that kind of thing? Is that what we're talking about takes courage? What are your, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I think we need to go the opposite way if that's the way to go. I don't think we need to go the opposite way for the sake of going the opposite way. I don't think, I don't think that a leader by, by nature has to be the contrarian, right? But, but I do think that they have to have the courage to explore. They have to have the courage that if they have conviction that that they're going in the right direction, that they're willing to go there. Yeah, yeah. That's the courage and the willingness to go there. That's really, really important. Well, if you think about it, when when John F. Kennedy called Warner von Braun, the great aero uh, physicist, in, into the Oval Office and asked him what would be necessary for us to build a rocket 
send the rocket to the moon, land safely on the moon, have a man walk on the moon, and then return safely back to Earth. Von Braun said five words. He didn't say that we that it was going to take trillions of dollars. He didn't say that we would have to, you know, have a better understanding of the science. He said five words. He said the will to do it. The will to do it. The will. Look in every. If you look, if you look at space flight, every advancement in space flight has required the death of people. Every single one has required the death of people. It's a, it's a it, it, failure is a necessary agreement, and 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 and, uh, and unfortunately, when you're playing that game, uh, fail, failure comes with explosions. There's a high price to pay, and you know here here in the United States, you know after we had the the Challenger blow up, uh, we, we stopped our space program. We stopped our space program. We, we we stopped exploring space so much so that now the, the the space race is led by corporations. It's no longer led by a government. The government's afraid to do it. They're afraid to fail. No, no political leader wants to be the person that that that, that stands there and, and and watches a rocket explode. That's what's required. And and and, and mm. isn't it interesting that after the explosion, more people signed up to be astronauts than than any other time. So there was a willingness to do it, but 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 not the not, not the political leadership to do it. The the, the political leaders. Again, because of our gotcha culture, they said, who wants to sign up for that? It's better to put the money in some failing social program that's going to fail, you know, over decades rather than fail in seconds on CNN and Fox News. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and I love that. I mean, the, the fact that there is the will to do it is, is what um, what was said. And, and as, you, as you say, uh, there is a high price to pay. And. And, it, and even if we take people back to, to business today or for people setting goals in their life and doing things, there's, there's a lot of fear out there for people who uh, stop or they have obstacles in front of them that stop them from going out and doing things. And, and there is a will to do it if you want to do it. And um, I just take this podcast as an example. I mean, I, I wanted to do it and sort of put it off for a while and then did it, but then that will to do it just happened and, and made the decision to get on with it. Um, but when I made the decision, it was amazing how things fell into place. Yeah. You know, Emerson said, do the thing, and then you get the energy to do the thing. Yeah. Do the thing first. And then, look, you, 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 didn't, know how, you didn't know how you were going to get your, your podcast in the, in the top podcasts around the world. You didn't know how to do that. But, but if you require knowing how to do it before you did it, you'd have never done it. You, look, you, you need a result in order to improve a result. And the problem is, is that because of our gotcha culture today, everybody's so afraid to fail because of the political price or the, the you know, here, here in the United States, I mean, you know, the, the, you know, everybody's afraid of being sued. So, so we've got a culture now that, that the very best and brightest people don't bring their biggest or best because they're afraid that if they do something and something happens and, and there's a failure that, that they're going to be sued. So we don't have cure. We don't look, we mass produce average. We mass produce average in the world today. Exceptionalism is dead. It died because nobody wants to face the consequences. We've got this gotcha culture that just, crucifies anybody who's a risk taker. 
That's what leaders are. Leaders are risk takers. Yes. And we need them to be risk takers. Absolutely. And we need to yes. we need to support them and make it safe for them to fail. Yeah. 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 Safe to fail. Yeah, too right. I remember um, I, I Good. Uh, look, I, I remember. Look, you know, I'm not. I'm not talking politics. I'm just talking just in general. So here we have a madman in North Korea, right? He's going to blow up the world. He's threatening to blow up the world. He's firing rockets all over the place. He's going to build a nuclear weapon, right? And he's you know the saber rattling, right? And 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 Donald Trump is is over in that part of the world and says, if you meet with me, I'll meet with you. And the political press in the United States just started to criticize him. I mean, they criticize him. They started to crucify him. He goes, he goes to the demilitarized zone, and what does he do? He steps over the demilitarized zone, leaves his, leaves his security detail behind, and goes and meets with the guy privately, Kim Jong-un. Meets with him privately. And he was crucified here in the United States. Again, whether you're a Donald Trump fan or not, that took Courage. I mean, we're not going to solve the North Korea, South Korea ballistic missile problem without without going across the line. And as soon as he did that, he was condemned for doing it. Now, you know, one way he's meeting with the terrorists, the other way he's caving in. He can't win for losing. Yeah. Can't win for losing. <laughs> damned if he did. Damned, damned, if, he did, if, he damned didn't. if he didn't, right? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's 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 really, really important, Paul, because I think, the, as you're saying, there's a lot of leaders who are, it's almost like their wings have been clipped and they are not flying and soaring that they can be burned. They're not bringing their A game to where they need to be because of the fear of repercussions or other things happening to them. And it's just a shame because the people, whether it be in an organisation, within a family, within a team, within a country, they deserve the best leadership. Look, Dennis, you can't win when you're playing not to lose. The way you win is you play to win. But we've, we've created a world now in, in, the, in, in the 62nd news cycle where if you, if, you, if you dare make a mistake, you're ruined. Right? You're ruined. If you make you know, any mistake in your social life, you're ruined. And so, mm. you know, we've got leaders now that are, that are playing the game of life not to lose rather than not to win. I mean, we've got, we've got to be playing to win, not to lose. Right? We've got people who are playing, you know, better safe than sorry. They're playing the game of, you know, what's the safest thing we can do rather than what's the right, boldest thing that we can do that can move the needle, create massive structural change for the good of mankind. I mean, we've got, we've got COVID-19 where we're trying to bring a virus, uh, a, a vaccine to the world. And, you know, while, while scientists are working on the vaccine, we've got lawyers lined up ready to sue them. Now, you know, what, co- what drug company wants to bring a, 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 a vaccine? I, I wouldn't if I were a drug company. I, I, I wouldn't want, why? Risk it? Risk it and, 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 and find yourself on 60 minutes, you know, where, where, you know, some, you know, where, where the news media is just going to crucify you because you failed, because something went wrong. Yeah. It's a game. Yeah. Yes. So, Paul, we, we, we've been talking about uh, a lot of the stuff here around the leadership was changing and what leaders are at. And, you know, you're talking about people are, are, are playing to not lose, but they should be playing to win. Well, 
the question I've got here for you is, well, what, where do you see leadership going in the next five years? Well, what do we need to do? What do, what do leaders need to do to be successful today? And where do you see it going in the next five years? Well, sadly, I think it's going, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. You know, sometimes, look, as you shared with your podcast, you wanted to kind of step out on your own. You had the idea to do it, and you never really did it. It was only when your back was right up against the wall, when when things got so hard and tough, because you, you, you said, you said, you know, you know, I just changed. No, you didn't just change. The conditions and circumstances got so uncongenial that you said, that's it. Enough's enough. I'm doing it, and I'm going for it. And when you did it, all of a sudden, every providence set in and everything you needed fell into place. That's what you said. I don't think that we've experienced enough pain yet to change. It's sad. It's sad. But I think, I think the next five years is going to make I – th- I think there's going to be a lot more polarization in the world. I think there's going to be a, a, a lot more uh, bipartisanship in the world. I think you know we've got a, we've got a culture right now that demonizes success. Anybody who's successful, you know, we're looking to you know here here in America, political leaders are lining up to to create a wealth tax that anybody who anybody who who, who, who pulls them up from the bootstraps makes themselves successful gets to a point where they've accumulated ten million dollars in wealth. The government there's a, there's an initiative now to go in and take half of their money. Half of their money, because it's not fair that they have so much. Well, then, you know, who wants to go make $10 million? Look, if, if, money, if money is exchanged for service, and it is, I mean, anytime you, anytime you get service, do you pay for it? Of course you do. So money is just an exchange. It's a medium that represents service provided. As somebody who's generated that kind of wealth, whether they did it or their grandfather or their great-grandfather did it, who cares how they got it? as long as they did it by, by ethical, legal means, then they've provided a lot of value. We're demonizing, we demonize, we demonize uh, Mark Zuckerberg, we demonize uh, Jeff Bezos, we demonize Tim Cook, we demonize uh, Bill Gates, we demonize anybody, anybody who becomes successful. So, you know, if, 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 if you reach any level of success or achievement, you want to kind of stay below the radar. And, and below the radar, you can't change the world. You can't change the world. And so, unfortunately, I think, I, I think the future for leadership is bad. I really do. I wish I had a more positive message. I'm a positive guy. But I think, things are, I think, things are, I think there's a lot of room for things to get worse, and I think it needs to get worse before, before good people, good people, stand up and say, yep. that's it. Enough's enough. Enough's enough yep. of the gotcha culture, the cancel culture. I mean, it's ridiculous. Here in the United States, they pulled the movie Gone with the Wind. Come on. They pulled the movie Gone with the Wind. You can't watch Gone with the Wind anymore in the United States of America. You can't watch the movie. Wow. Think about that. One of the greatest yep. movies of all times you can't watch. Yep. There's a lot more of that coming. Yeah, yeah, and in this part of the world too, Paul, we have uh, we have this thing called the cool poppy syndrome, where if you are out there being successful, doing things, you know, and taking everything you've taken, you've said today, right, taking that courage, getting out there, doing things, being willing to fail, go out and do it. 
then if you pop your, if you think about a field of, of poppies, if there's one that's taller than others, that one will get chopped down yeah. to not be taller than the others. And that's the kind of mentality and kind of way it's been around this part of the world for a while. And, and you know, I, we don't need that. We need people to stand up. We need people to get out there and do things and, and be very successful. So, yeah, and really be interesting where it's all going to go. And be celebrated yes. for doing yeah. it. And, you know, celebrating, celebrating success doesn't take a lot, does it? It doesn't cost a lot, but it's really important for it to happen. In the world's leadership today, there would not be footprints on the moon, I'm telling you right now. Hey, um, Paul, look, thank you for joining us on today's show. If our listeners are wanting to get hold of you, Paul, where, where should they go? You know, I have a Facebook community with about 2 million followers. It's called Empowered Living. Empowered Living. So just go to Facebook, go to Empowered Living. And um, I do a noon show, uh, Eastern Time in the United States every day. Great programming there. If you're into positive thinking, if you're into, if you're, if you're a lifelong learner, if, if you're into really good sound leadership, Empowered Living, we bring on guests. We just had, um, we just had Seth Godin on. We just had Simon Sinek on. We have Mark Sanborn. We have Dr. Gary Chapman, the author of, um, five love languages. We have some great guests and just great programming. It's, it's almost like a TV channel. We have programming right now about 10 hours a day, and hopefully uh, as, as we build it, it'll be 24 hours a day. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful uh, wonderful um, team to be around, listeners, if you can go to that. So it's called Empowered Living, Paul, correct? Empowered Living. And, okay, yeah, team, go and check that out. Thoroughly enjoy myself. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy what I learned from Paul and Roddy and um, and their guests as well. So do check that out. So listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant and change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and the unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Hey, look out for the episodes as they've been downloaded and uh, have a listen, put a review, and uh, share with your network, with your friends and family. If there's any feedback you'd like to give me on the show or if there's a question you'd like me to ask one of my guests or on the freestyle uh, episodes I do once a week called Ask Dennis, if there's a question you'd like to ask me, feel free to send an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. I have set up a Facebook group, so go and check that out, which is called Leadership is Changing. Uh, Listeners, hey, thanks for joining us today. We'll talk soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.